19. Luke chapter 19. It's Seeking God's Will. Seeking After God. The title, or else go climb up a tree. Uh, I wondered where that saying ever come from. I like to study sayings in American literature and speech, and most of them have derived directly from the Bible in one form or another. Now, uh, I met a lady rather recent, well, within the last few years, asked her why her children were named Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Rebecca. And she said those were the Star Wars candidates or movie stars. Our, our grounding in our history is no longer in the Bible. It's, it's drifted off to different. So our speech is going to take on different aspects. But I think the best grounding for our speech and what definitions are, and we're going to look at a definition this morning, is uh, found in God's Word. Amen. The best explanation for God's Word is God's Word. The best concordance, the best references for life in itself, along with interpreting Scripture, is found in Scripture. I don't follow any particular Dr. Slipjaw or Professor this or that. I've had the I've had the misfortune. I've had the been fortunate enough to spend time with some of the greater men considered in the Baptist movement, foundations of the faith and different things. And I've learned to take and leave some of whatever they have to say. And uh, I always judge it to God's word. And I hope today you'll judge me to God's word. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. And then we'll go back a page. Luke chapter 19, the common story you hear all the time. And Jesus entered into past and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not. For the press, because he was little of stature, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. I believe Zacchaeus did more than physically receive Christ. You'll see even the uh, attitude of uh, salvation represented here shortly and, and repentance uh, of the sins in his life. And when he saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, this is his confession before men, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I have I give to the poor, and if I and if I have taken anything from any man, a false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Keep in mind this man was a publican, a tax collector. He was a Jewish tax collector for the Romans. Let me finish and then we'll go back and re review this just briefly and we'll move on. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man is come 
to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus Christ tells you his purpose on this earth was to save mankind. His purpose for each one of us is to be saved and focus on him for the rest of our lives. Dear Lord, help us as we present this me- as I present this message, help us to interpret it correctly and to uh, me to present it as well correctly in Jesus' name and to his glory I pray. First off, the publican, Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. That means he was the top dog. There's three things there that show up about Zacchaeus. First of all, he was the chief. He was the top dog. He was where the buck stopped, literally. And if you know how they did that, a publican was, he was a publican. Is the second thing we can find out from Zacchaeus. I'm going to kind of walk around a little because the guys in the back are deaf and they don't want to sit forward, so I'm going to, you know what I've done in churches before? We've just turned everything around. <laughs> but uh, I won't do that today. But he was a publican. That He was a Jewish tax collector. He spoke Hebrew. He knew the people. He was of the people, but he wasn't for the people. He was a tax collector. And Zacchaeus would get paid most like tax not like tax collect well tax collectors to this day still get a percentage of the tax they collect the city tax i don't know how they handle that but that's 5% of your taxes the average person i'll, I'll interrupt in myself but the average person nowadays in the united states pays 23 to 24% in taxes when you figure state federal and local you pay 23% i don't like that I, I, I think anything past the tithe belongs, belongs to God. I don't like to tithe to my government. But on the same time, I'm reminded of the verses, and what keeps me straight is in Matthew 22, I think about verse 24, it says, Render unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto the Lord the things which are the Lord's. So that keeps me straight on my taxes. Now, I don't know how the city handles their tax, but everybody who collects that, uh, state tax, for a matter, uh, has, gets like 1% to 3% of what they collect for the paperwork and the handling of it and such and such and so forth. They get a percentage. That's nothing new under the sun. The public in there, which is a fancy name for tax collector, Zacchaeus, got a far bigger percentage than that. And you see the third thing he was? He was rich. He was very good at his job. I imagine he even collected tax from the tax collectors below him. That's how the pyramid works. Federal, the same thing. Federal government, it does the same thing with the people that collect federal tax. Do you know that that is one of the top five allotments in the bills that are before Congress right now? The Democratic bill that's before Congress is one of the top five results is to instill more publicans. Yeah, a lot of them, because they're going to get your money one way or the other. They're going to enforce more laws. I was in the proud state of Kansas when I ranched there, hated to pay taxes, didn't mind getting a speeding ticket. A speeding ticket in the state of Texas, in the state of Kansas, was $10 per increment every 10 miles over the speed limit. So you go 100 miles over the speed limit, get a ticket for about $120 is what it come to. 
when they got Mrs. Sebelius in there, whose dad was a, I'll keep politics out, but her, her, she got in there and she started, and she's the one who got transferred to the Obama administration. And what she did is she couldn't raise taxes because basically the, the state people, legislature, were against any raise in taxes. But she wanted to collect more revenue, and so she raised all the traffic fines across the whole state. She, and it used to be $10 to get married in the state of Kansas. It went up to $100. So I'm just telling you how, uh, how the government or the people in charge, publicans, raise taxes. And you know there's two things you hear all the time. We got to do two things in our lives. We got to die and pay taxes. There's just pretty much no way around it. So I'm not going to bother preaching about paying taxes. You already got the mini-sermon there. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God's the things that are God's. And until they put somebody else's face on there, you know, or maybe a little angel or something, I might have a little problem. But they want to take in God we trust off our coins. So we're back to that. We're, we're done with that procedure. But now you know who Christ was dealing with, a person not very favorable by his peers. The guy would come over and, hey, Joe, I see you put up a new shed. Uh, did you pay the Romans the building, the building permit? Well, I, they don't know. He says they do now. And he'd be the one to tell them, and he'd have to collect the money and give them their portion. And so that's why he wasn't favored by much. I could, uh, had a story once where a lady come out to collect taxes on my dogs. In Kansas, they can go through your house and look at your furniture and decide what they're going to pay you for property tax. They can do that in a number of other states, too. They've kind of gotten away from it, but she came out, the one lady, and I knew her. She was of the community, wonderful lady. And she wasn't rich by any means. And she wanted to count my dogs to find out how much property tax I would have to pay. And she says, how many are out there in the kennel? Well, I went through it in my mind because she, she showed up rather unexpectedly, but we knew she was making her rounds. And she's, I, I had 23 dogs at the time. We were making money on these dogs. They were a business. And uh, she says, how many do you got? I says, I don't know. You want to count them? And she says, yeah, I got to count them. I says, good, I'll turn them loose. <laughs> That's when I had to get straight with God about Matthew chapter 22 and verse 24, I think it is, about render unto Caesar's. She said, I'll give you five or six of them. I'll put you down as a kennel, and anything over six is a kennel, so you'll pay that fee, and period, because... We're just collecting money any way we can. So you see the type of person Zacchaeus was. And he was not, not looked favorably upon by his community. But what did Jesus do? This Zacchaeus still had a conscience. This Zacchaeus still was a creature and made by God. He was still an individual that God loved. And he wanted to get right with his maker. He heard the crowd coming, he's seen the groups coming, he's seen everybody there, and he says, man, I, 
I got to get up there and see what I can do. So he gets up and he crawls up on the tree, you know, and he, he got back to nature. You know, I met him not like that already this week once that was all into worshiping in the woods again. That's one of my favorite. That's where I kind of want to jump off with this message is right here. You know, you can, you can see God from the trees. And you can, and all creation will tell you about God. And the verses I like to use, I'll get back to my notes here, are in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 27. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 27. This is where I really like to uh, sort of what preachers call skin the cat. I like to get my biggest enemy over the years in church, in building churches and in starting churches has been the philosophy, why do we have to go to church? Why don't I just go out in the woods, you know, and I get out there and I get my boat and I catch a few big salmon and I'm, I'm one with God. I'm one with nature. I'm appreciating everything he's made. Didn't it? Doesn't it say something about that in Romans? Yeah, it does. Romans chapter 1, talking about reprobate mankind, the first three chapters. 18, we'll start in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which be known of God is manifest to them, for God has showed it unto them. There's a reckoning and a judgment. As I said, it's, it's, my Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And as I said, there's two things we're going to do in this life is pay taxes and die. And God knows that every one of us, instilled with every, any one of us, the, the need for a higher power, to need to know there's something more to life. And he's made that reconcilable and available to us to see in the creation, because that which be known of God is manifest to them, and God showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. It's wonderful to be in the woods. It's wonderful to appreciate God's handiwork. It's beautiful to see the the Grand Tetons. It's wonderful to see the mountains here with the with the uh, snow on the top. It's neat to be out there in the sea and compare it to the rolling prairies of Kansas, where I would enjoy being with God and admire His handiwork. As one lady said uh, once at our place, she was the wife of the governor of the state at the time, no, a senator from the state of Kansas. She says, you can see God everywhere. And that's what this is talking about. You're foolish if you don't think there's a God. And it's it just, just build me a fish. You know, we genetically engineer a lamb, lives about three weeks and dies, but we, we, you build me a fish. And you build me a prairie. You build me the sky. You build me the trees. You build me the moon. You build me the sun. And so that's what he's saying there in verse 19. For the invisible things of the world are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made, even that's us, his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And this is where I come to the illustration of a friend of mine close and dear friend of mine, who's a missionary, and he distributes Bibles all over the world. 
started out doing it undercover behind the Iron Curtain, takes garbage bags out of his apartment in uh, Czechoslovakia when it was under communist rule, the parts he was in, and he'd take that garbage bag out full of Bibles that were already in the apartment when he rented it, and he'd take them out and he'd throw it over the bridge, walk down three blocks and literally throw it over the bridge. He, they were on to him. Eventually, they started checking his garbage. He'd throw it over the bridge and come back two days later, and it'd be gone, wrapped in plastic, sealed, and people would come and get it from the underground churches. He's looking for support today. I'd like to take him on for support for this church, but that's a commercial for him. One day, we might have him come up and speak. He's as old as I am, though. And so... He doesn't need our support. But I'd like to be part of it, just like all of us want to be part of missions. I'd like to be part of somebody that courageous, somebody I know is on the cutting edge of getting God's word out, just like Brother Fred's talking about Josiah. I'd like to be part of that too. Get on the cutting edge of the God's word getting presented to a nation. That's part of being a Christian. Now back to my illustration. He had a black man, went down the river with Bibles. I helped collate and form for him and raised money for it. He went down the river with him. In some tribe, they were on their way to go see the pygmies, the short people. You know why people are short, don't you? The Bible says, the wicked shall be cut off. All right, I just want to see if you're listening. <laughs> okay, now, they were on their way to go see these pygmies, and they were going down the river. It was three days' trip. They get two days out and are about half lost. Their guide, who could barely interpret for them, had to know about six different languages to get them to where they were going. And they're almost there. They figure another day up the river, and they go by this guy in a palm tree, a Zacchaeus. He was the president of that tribe. They're not chiefs, they're presidents over there. He was a president of that tribe. And he comes shinnying down the tree and he was six foot plus. And they go, this, he comes up to the shoreline and through the interpreter and stuff, and he spoke broken English. He said he was educated in the big city somewhere, but he was back to his people as their president and he was looking for a savior. He goes up to the top of that tree and he calls out to God and didn't know God from Adam or any, anybody else, but he'd call out to God because he could see the likeness of God and the creation around him and the beautiful palm trees. And there's palm trees all over Africa. I was there and there was a palm tree growing right next to a cactus. Figure that out. Okay, so he's there, and he's up there in the top of that tree. He sees the little boat coming up the river with three people in it. He runs down and says, come on, come on, come on. And he says, what do you, what do you got going? What's going on here? We're, we're going to stop. We're on our way to the pygmies. He says, I know them. I'll show you where they're at, but stop and see my people first. You must be missionaries. He says, I've been up in that tree praying every morning for months and months. He meditated. And asked and talked to God. And there's people that tell me, you, God doesn't hear your prayers unless you're saved. No. How'd you get saved if you, God didn't hear your prayer unless you were saved? All right. 
they went and distributed Bibles to them. Eventually, the next year, they got to the they got rid of the whole load. How much can you carry in a kayak or canoe? And they went on up the river and eventually seen the pygmy people. But it, the pig, when they got to the pygmies, the big tall people had already visited them and says, we got news for you. There's people coming. They promised they'd be back. Our God has answered our prayers. Isn't that wonderful to be part of that? Your mission's money goes to that. But you know, we wouldn't have missionaries if we didn't have a local church. I don't want to get back to the message. If everybody went out to the dock and threw their tithe in, they do more than that, man. I can't, I can't imagine how expensive salmon must be, you know. I had a guy stand there at the end of the, in a boat. He was one of them where they put the line down by hand, hand trollers. And he hold this fish up, and it was a nice big salmon, silver. He said, two, three days, this will be in New York. Hard to believe when, he's, when I was up in, what was the name of that town? Uh, Port Alexander. In three days, this fish is going to be in New York, and I'm going to get paid 20-some dollars an ounce for this fish. I go, an ounce? He says, yeah, this is, a, this is worth a week out here on the water. Goes straight to some fancy restaurant in New York. The guy comes in, flies in, and takes it halfway there himself. Boy, you got to really justify a big boat and all the. Re- I looked at a used reel yesterday at the swap, and it was fifteen dollars. And I didn't want to drop that for a fishing reel. I had to catch five fish to make up for that. Uh, I'd rather go to the uh, pizza place and buy fish for five bucks a plate. <laughs> Uh, we spent, we tithe. And the guy's sitting there with all that. What does it take? Where, where do you get missionaries organized from? The local church. I dare express myself, these men in the back here, I don't think you guys, would you have gotten together and just decided to come up here if it weren't for your local church, unite news and send in news? I mean, do you guys all drink coffee at the same shop or do you, all work in the same outfit, or are you all related? No, they had to unite under a local church and get sent out. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about God loving us and loving the church. And the church, I know, is every, sitting here today. And what this message is about is people glorifying God through the local church. You can climb up a tree all you want, and maybe God will have enough pity on you to send you a couple of missionaries. But those missionaries are still going to come from a local church. And you know what happened? That tribe assembled themselves together into a, guess what? A local church. And then they went over and seen the pygmies. It wasn't too hard. They had to get down on their, no, they didn't get down on their knees <laughs> to talk to them. But what Jesus did here, I want you to see here, is, yeah, you can get close to God in the woods. You can get close to God out on the sea. You can get close to God on the prairie. But what did Jesus do when he seen that guy up in the tree? What did he say? What happened? Come down. Get out of the tree. Hence the saying, go climb a tree. You know, when somebody's crossways with the world, 
best thing to tell them is, go climb a tree. Go seek your God and get yourself right with mankind. Because you're crossways with the world. You're denying a whole lot of things. That's why some of the people we have in leadership, God openly calls reprobate. But yet we appoint them leader in leadership roles above us. Well, not directly. We have a man that got up there and appointed them. And then we wonder why there's such screw-ups. How many of those you think go to a local church? Unite themselves to glorify God. Let's go back a chapter. I'll, I'll get too far ahead of myself. Let's go back to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. I think we're all uh, clear on what a publican is. Let's look at Luke chapter 18, verse uh, 9. And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted themselves as two men went up to the princes. Let me just see. Uh, parable of the Pharisees and the publican and the other. Yep, there we go. And he spoke this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And he's going to tell you who those people are in just a minute. They were self-righteous. Two men went up to the temple to pray. And one, a Pharisee, self-righteous, learned his way to God, still believed in uh, killing innocent animals for his sin, a principle laid out for us to appreciate Christ, what he did. The other, a publican, verse 10. There's those publicans again. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as a publican, this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give, I, I propose, I do this, and I do that, just like the devil sat in heaven and said, I'll be as God. The middle word in sin is the letter I. I tell you this, this man went down to his house. Okay, the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful for me, a sinner. And what happens then? I tell you this. This man went down to his house, justified rather than the other, for everyone that is exalt, exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth them shall be exalted. Humbleth himself shall be exalted. I told you, one of my biggest enemies in church planting, and I've planted churches in some pretty remote areas, had the privilege of being in Africa, and there was a little church there. We named it Church of the Green Time. In their language, it came out that way. What, and it was about Christ saying, if you've done this in the lean time, what will you do when it's green, when the trees are green? And... The biggest enemy is I, I, can, I can worship God in the woods. I want to put that to rest. Zacchaeus got called out of the tree. God doesn't care where you're from, who you're about, who you're with. He cares about you. But you're going to have to call yourself away from some of those stupidnesses. 
you're going to have to get out of that tree and get yourself humbled before God. Did you see where this guy got himself right before God? Where was he? Was he out in the forest or the woods? No, he was in the temple praying. I doubt if you're going to have any other opportunity this week to pray to God anywhere else. Now, I'm fixing to take somebody to the restaurant this afternoon, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray there. Where else is somebody going to ask you to bow your head and pray with them? The local church. You want to get right with God, this is a place to do it. Now, I got right with God and accepted him as my personal Savior on the edge of my bed one day when I was about 14 years old. But I heard the message in a local church. The gospel was put out from a local church. Where are you on Sunday morning? Where else are you going to glorify God but in a local church? Oh, you might get by with it. And I've glorified God 20 feet below the water surface, scuba diving. And I've glorified God up in the plane. I'm going to Hawaii one time, remember? And I just got up and started to pray and praise God. Nut. I got a friend who's an evangelist. He can do it in your restaurant. He would get up and tell everybody to pray. And some people like it, and most people don't. But he's real comfortable in a local church doing that. This is where God wants you to be on Sunday morning. This is where God wants you to He wants you out of the tree and come down. You can enjoy the world the rest of the week. But this is where he wants you. This is the structure he made for you to get fortified and for you to go out and help others in his name. Missions for an example. This is where you get charged up to be a testimony to your spouse. This is where you get charged up to be a testimony to your boss. This is where you get charged up to be a testimony to yourself. Every one of us need to be in place Jesus Christ died and gave his life for. Ephesians chapter 5, the word is church. Church shows up 77 times in your Bible. And we're to the end, I believe, of the church age. And I'm fully aware what a church is. It's a group of believers, wherever they assemble. In this case, they assembled and God came to Zacchaeus' house because there was a group of believers there, a group of people that wanted to know him, that climbed out of their trees, that got off of work that afternoon, that quit their cooking and quit their fussing with the relatives, and they came to church, and Jesus Christ met them there. Biggest difference between us and the Seventh-day Adventists is what day of the week it is. So what? You know, there's coming a time when we're going to be happy when we can get together at all. Just talk to some of the big preachers that were shut down in New York City and in California the last two years over a joke. What are we going to do? You know, we're separate church and state until the state tries to regulate us. They're going to take our tax exemption away. You watch. That's part of the plan. I, I, I think I'll see it. But still, I want to build a church so we got a place to congregate. 
But I'll gladly go to Brother Rick's house or your house. You get a nice big one, I think. Sounds like it. You paid enough for it. <laughs> We're going to have to find a place to unite. And we have to grow and provide for ourselves and feed ourselves and unify ourselves and bring our children up in the way they should go. We're going to have to do it somewhere. We're going to do it in a church building. That would probably be the right term for it. And I told the gentleman, we're, uh, today he was asking about church building. And I'll say to you about the sound system. I have a pastor, a former pastor of mine. He was my pastor probably 30 years ago. And his sons now install speaker systems and the whole works in churches all over the country. Much like you guys go around and do work, carpentry work. They put in the low-level electronics, they call it. I'm going to see him in September, and I'm going to come back with some kind of PA system for us in here, so it'll help. And he already said when we build our church building, his sons will come up and put it all in, just pay for the supplies. His boys will come up here, and I'll ask Brother Rick and you and you and you to take them fishing. <laughs> you know, I'm not against fishing. I just, I'm against fishing on Sunday morning and Sunday evening. <laughs> because the place you should be when on Sunday is church. Is church. Is church. Get out of your tree and come to church. You'll have, everybody's invited. You know, we've had some people come into this church building. I winced when I seen them. But praise God, they got the gospel that morning. And if you need the gospel this morning, look in the message. Jesus Christ will answer your prayer. If you accept him as your personal savior, he has died on a cross for your sins, made it available to people in the United States, made it available to all mankind through the local church and eventually through missionaries and eventually through evangelists. And he's got a plan and a structure for your life that's far better than the plan for the local church. But he won't force it on you. He won't make you come down out of your tree. He will wait for you to humble yourself as the publican did in chapter 18 and he'll bless you for it. It takes real humility to walk in and tell your boss I'm not working on Sunday. It takes real humility to admit to yourself I had, I, I've been self-employed most of my life and I like money probably more than most of you. And I had to I remember my little wife throwing the suitcases out the front door of the trailer house, down the stairways, just thump, 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 thump. So might as well leave now if you're not going to be here on Sunday. Had a month route. Was going to a ch local church there, but I had traveled on Sunday. I says, but it's going to cost me. It cost me. But you know every penny I have right now? I can look at God and say, I don't have to give half of it back to get right. I don't have to 
reimburse somebody because I cheated them, or I turned them in, or I took, no, I got everything I have and then some. More than I need. Threw away a pair of pants yesterday, $40 pair of pants, it hurts. And I, I've lost five or six pounds, but they just kept shrinking up. <laughs> What's getting me now is they're getting shorter too. <laughs> but I got more. Accidentally threw out a couple of white shirts. We were going to take them to catch a cat, and I put them in a garbage bag. They went out with the garbage instead of to catch a can. God's given me a whole, I got a bunch more. And he's going to give me money to buy my wife a new skirt that was in there. Why? Because I know I'm serving where he wants me to serve in a local church. And I'm running it the best I can. It ain't easy. Pray for me. We have a lot of things. Pray for my little wife. She gets tired of her dresses getting thrown out. <laughs> but it's a local church. You show me the tree and I'll show you God's plan. I, I can beat any excuse you come up with because I've been there and done that. I've been a police officer. I know what it's, what it's like to be needed on Sunday somewhere. I've done double and triple time on Sunday. And I thank God that the church I went to had a Wednesday night service. Did you ever wonder why we have Wednesday night service? Oh, yeah, because we all need prayer, and, and I need to shoot my mouth off three times a week. No, we got Wednesday night service so somebody can get to church who can't make it on Sunday, a Wednesday night service. And that's why we have Sunday night service, too. I'm going to be having Sunday night services from now till hell freezes over. We need some emphasis on that statement. And I'm going to have Wednesday night services. Now, if I don't have them here, I'm going to go out to the south side of Alaska or north side of Alaska and, and preach. And I've done it. Gathered my grandchildren together, and we preached in the woods. We had a local church. Some of the fruits of that local church today is I know my grandchildren are all saved. And I know when they come to church here, it means something to them. What I hold high in regards in my life, they will eventually. Where, what tree are you holding in high regards? I see family after family that comes to me and says, where did I go wrong? I did, we did this, and my kid, I'm going too far. I'll stop in a minute. <laughs> but where did I go wrong? How, many, how often were you in church? Well, you know, I got this job, and I'm never there. I, I, I at least made it two or three times a month. Yep, two or three times a month. Well, if you're lucky, God might come and visit you this month. What day of the week? <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let's all stand.